Yes, I am not Pastor Wes. Amen. 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 So Wes called me about 45 minutes ago and said, I'm on my home, on my home. Bethany's not feeling well, feels like she's about to pass out. And so he's heading that direction, probably there by now. I got a couple of texts into him to see if there's anything specifically that we can do as a church. So while that's going on, you get me. But I got more than 45 minutes to prepare because y'all are going to get what the kids are going to get tonight. So it's going to be good. We're going to spend some time in prayer as a church um, in a few minutes. Just a few things I want to go over uh, to share with you guys. And then um, uh, Mike Price is going to come up and, and lead us in some prayer time um, for Wes and his family, but also other things around the church uh, for each other, uh, community and those kind of things. So uh, we're excited about that. But as we begin, um, how many books are in the Bible? How many in the Old Testament? Very good. How many in the New Testament? 27. Some of y'all going, kind of like, you know, uh, Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. I'm not really sure what the answer is. So I'll be just saying something. That's okay. That's okay. Those sometimes, those are things we haven't talked about in a while. In the world today, there are books for strictly entertainment. There's novels, there's comics, there's collection books, there's pictures books, uh, pictures places that will take you far, far away, adventures all over the place. Uh, they will dazzle your imagination. Lots of really good creative writers out there doing all kinds of things. Uh, the, these books can inspire. They can be self-help and motivational books. Uh, they're filled with poetry, uh, books that are filled with history and with wisdom, uh, filled with knowledge uh, to help us understand more about the world that we live in. Uh, there are just thousands and thousands of books. There are libraries all across the country and the world. We have a great library here. Miss Joe didn't pay me to say that, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's a great library across the street by the uh, kitchen in the C building down there at the bottom. If you get a chance, please come by there and see that. The book cart is out in the lobby. Uh, lots of great books out there uh, on Sunday morning. So stop by and um, she can, if she doesn't have it, she can find it for sure. But... In those 66 books that we call the Bible, you can find all of those things too. You want to talk about wars? There's wars. You want to talk about witches? There's a witch in there, witch of Endor. If you want to talk about dragons, there's dragons in there. There's all kinds of creative things. Queens, kings, princes, salvation. The Bible is full of things that the world tries to offer in thousands and thousands and thousands of books that we can get in one book, the 66 books that we call the Bible. We can find that one place for inspiration, for wisdom, for poetry, for history, for knowledge. The things that we need as believers to help us live in a dying and decaying world. Ever since the fall with Adam and Eve, this world has been in a downward spiral. Jesus came and interrupted history to give us an opportunity to have life again. The garden was perfect. And there was one rule, don't eat from the tree. What did they do? Ate from the tree. He was standing right next to her. He could have said something, but he didn't. There's lots of um, interesting characters in, in the Bible. Uh, lots of places that we can go and find um, 
just again, the imagination is, is wild. And for kids, it's a great place uh, if you're a parent or grandparent to pull out some of those fun stories in scripture. You know, there, there's a little boy who killed a giant. What? Where's that? It's in the Bible. There was this flood and all the animals two by two came onto a boat and were saved. What? Where's that? Sometimes we forget the, the little stories that connect the big stories. There was a man that was swallowed by a fish. Kids are amazed in their, their imaginations. And that's great for them to think through those things. But then as for as adults too, what does the story of Jonah have to do with me? What does the story of Noah's Ark have to do with me? What is the Israelites crossing the Red Sea and God holding the water back and they walk across on dry land have to do with me? Have you ever read any of those stories and put yourself in the story? Are you one of the children of Israel or are you one of the Pharaohs riding the chariot? Where would you have been if you were part of that story? And if you were standing in the middle on dry land and you're looking up and seeing the fish jump out and go, whoa, where's, there's no water here. Do you ever let your imagination just run with the story? You're with David on the field of battle and Goliath is standing out there hollering all kind of obscenities to the children of Israel. What if you were one of the soldiers that had been hiding for 40 days? And you see this little kid go out in the middle of the field ready for battle. Where's your imagination? What are you doing if you were in that story? His story is our story. If you're a believer in Jesus, you've been melded into him. And he allows us to walk in those steps with him. We're never alone. David walked out on that field full of courage because he knew who his God was. And that little giant wasn't bothering him at all. He just lopped his head off and said, come on, boys, let's get the rest of them. He wasn't scared because he trusted in who God was. Where did he get that from? Got it from scripture. Jesus himself when he was first introduced into the world in Matthew, goes out into the wilderness. We're going to read that story in just a moment. But in um, Psalms 119 verse 11 says, Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Have we? We have a program here called Awana. And some of y'all help in that. Some of y'all are listeners and you hear kids come and, tell, and quote scriptures having all kinds of fun when we're doing that. It's going to kick off in a couple of weeks. We need some help. So just come see me when we're done. Um, it's not how many verses they can learn. It's not how many books they can get through. It's have they hidden God's word in their heart. So when that pressure comes to them, they're able to recall and be able to use that to fight off Satan. Here's the story. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Sorry. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Duh. I think we'd be hungry too. 
The tempter came right at the moment when he knew Jesus was his weakest. He'd been praying, he'd been fasting, he'd been spending time with the Father, but he was hungry. And Satan knew exactly where to, where to hit. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, don't you think Satan knows who he, Jesus is? If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a, a holy city and put him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, again, if, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands, they will bear you up, that you shall not strike your foot against the stone. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and the, the kids were like, what's a pinnacle? I said, okay, see this big steeple that's out here on top of our church? And they're like, oh yeah, I know what that is. Okay. The pinnacle would be at the very top of that. So pretend somebody picked you up and set you at the very top of that and said, look at all this stuff, throw yourself down. And quoted the Bible to you that said, hey, the angels will take care of you. Again, Jesus has still been out there 40 days and 40 nights and hadn't eaten. And Satan is poking him. He knows where to poke the bear. And that's what he's doing. But Jesus said, on the other hand, it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. I think I'm faster than that speeding bus coming down the street. Should I try to run across the street? I, let's, not put, let's not put my angels to the test. Let's just stay here and let the bus go by. Sometimes we don't think. We just act or react to something. And it may be a situation where God wants us to stop for a moment and think about what he wants us to do. Could be somebody you're having a conversation with or coffee with and the, the, the conversation goes a direction and you know you're being pushed by the Holy Spirit to say something about Jesus. Just give a word of testimony. Do you follow that nudging and, and go after it? And trust that God's going to give you the words because you've hidden his word in your heart? Or do you change the subject and go a different direction? Guilty. I've been there. I knew God was telling me to, to talk to that guy and I changed the subject and went a different direction. Not proud of that. But I didn't trust God enough to lead me through that conversation, to give me the right words at that time. Because I just, I just didn't know him very well. And I didn't want to offend him. I didn't want to make him mad. I wanted to have another opportunity to talk to him. Who knows if I'd ever get that opportunity again? I did. Only because on, only Jesus provided it. Then again, the devil took him very high on the mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Twist in scripture there a little bit. Then Jesus said, go Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and began to minister to him. Three times, Satan came at Jesus when he'd been fasting for 40 days. I've never fasted 40 days. I made it one day once when our church did this big thing. I was starving. All I could think about was food. 
Why? Because Satan's over here punching me. Hey, you, just, just eat that cracker. Just come on. You can, you can do it. He knows what our points are in our life that we can be tempted in. We can walk with God. Come here Sunday, we sing, we praise God, we listen to the message. Man, I understand what Wes is saying. I'm, it's all over me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack the world today. And Monday morning, you have a flat tire. Then you get that fixed and it's traffic and you're late to work. And the boss is standing there going, you didn't bring me coffee, so I'm all over you. Because you always want to bring the coffee, so you're the one that brought the coffee and you're not late. That, that's how that works. Or bubble tea for Wes. Our greatest plan, Satan knows exactly where to push the buttons to help us just be defeated. And it's easy to live there. It's easy to forget who we are and who we belong to as followers of Jesus. It's easy for us to go, I'll do it another time. When that opportunity presents itself, that may be the only opportunity that you get. Hebrews uh, 4.12 tells us the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's a weapon against sin. You remember the, in the in scripture, it talks about putting on the full armor of God. All the pieces of armor that you put on are protective, except one. What would that be? The sword. The sword is God's word. God's, you know, we read it and we, and we, 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 um, take care of this book. We, it's a precious book to us, and, and we set it in a special place, and we, and we put it in covers, and, and we just, oh, it's our Bible. I said, it's a weapon. You need to pull that thing out and use it, because Satan is all over the world. He is the prince of the air right now. He is in control right now. Why do things happen? to good people. We're in a dying and decaying world and bad stuff happens. There were no hurricanes. There were no tornadoes. There were no freezes in the garden. It was perfect. One day, we'll be back in that atmosphere again. But until then, we need to use our sword to be involved in the battle. High school, played basketball. Freshman team, there were two. There was an A team and a B team. I chose to be on the B team because I got to play on the B team. The A team, I'd have been on the bench. It's like, I, I don't want to sit the bench, I want to play. It's a game, I want to get out there and play. So I played on the B team. Knowing full well, I would have to compete against the guys on the A team for the 10th grade team when I became a sophomore. Well, when we became sophomore, the coach said, we're not going to have a 10th grade team. You've got to compete against all the A team in the 9th grade, all the 10th graders, and the 11th graders for the JV. I was done. There's no more basketball for me. So I started running track. I was pretty good. I ran. I enjoyed it. I felt free that God had given me something to do, not to be somebody, but to honor him in how I ran. And there, it, was, it was amazing. 
One of my favorite shows is Chariots of Fire. If you've ever seen that. If you haven't, it's a long movie. If you don't like running, don't worry about it. But it is a great message on how uh, he honored God with what he did. And so it challenged me because I saw it as, as a, a, uh, in middle school, I guess. And so that always challenged me as an athlete to do it for God's glory, not for mine. So I began to run. Did pretty well cross country my sophomore year. Did pretty good cross country and track uh, my junior year. So on varsity the last two years, junior and senior year. I was, um, started out running the 800 meters at that time, two laps around the track. By the time I became a junior, that became a full-out sprint. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I, I can't do that. So I moved to the mile, four laps around. In track, there's a, there's a, the runner who is the fastest on the team is called the rabbit because everybody's chasing the rabbit. My school, I was the rabbit. So everybody was chasing me. So they were pushing me, and I got some better. There's a high school called Dobie High School. I'm to Sam Rayburn High School in Pasadena. Dobie High School had a premier miler in the state. He was the rabbit for their team. When Dobie's bus pulled into the parking lot of the track meet, I knew I was in fourth place. Because those three guys were, were going to outrun me every time. There was a guy at Pasadena High School. He and I chased each other at track meets. He would win one, I'd win one. He'd win one, I'd win one. Dobie show up, we'd get fourth and fifth. Every time, it didn't matter. But I still wanted to run to honor God. I had great opportunities to talk to guys about who Jesus was. Because sometimes we would talk about things on Saturday, about what we're going to do tomorrow, and I would talk about, I'm going to church. Well, why would you do that? Well, why, you know, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you do that? I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do. So it really got me thinking about why and how can I tell these guys on my team and at the track meet, the other guys that I knew, how and why I go to church. I had great words, but they were my words, and they fell flat. And I went to my youth pastor, and I said, help me understand how to be a better witness. He said, how much time are you spending in God's word? I said, ouch, because I wasn't spending much time in God's word. I had my quiet time. You know, the envelope we used to take to church, I gave my tithe, I went to Sunday school, I'd have my quiet time. Yeah, I checked all the boxes, but I was checking the boxes. What does God want us to do in his word? It's not, can I read this whole thing in a year? It's do I understand this passage and how it applies to my life where I am today. God has put you in a place for a reason. That sound familiar? Queen Esther, for such a time as this, you're here. Whatever you, wherever you are. If you're dealing with that flat tire on Monday at the gas station, there may be somebody there that needs to see how you're doing that. Am I mad and saying things I shouldn't be saying and kicking and up dust and throwing a fit? Or am I just taking care of my business? I love the story of Jesus getting angry when he went to the temple, but he didn't sin. It's okay to be mad if you have a righteous anger. And God said, get out of here. This is a house of prayer, not a seller of items to be sacrificed. Jesus went to scripture. 
My youth pastor, all the way back in high school, said, go to Scripture. Spend time in God's Word. And I would love to say from that day to today, I've spent hours, and I just know this front and back, and I'm still learning. I love it when I deal with kids. Our curriculum that we use on Sunday morning, it takes the kids through the entire Bible in three years. And so as a kindergarten, kindergartner, they're going to hear the story of creation. As a fourth grader, they're going to hear the story of creation. They've had life experience between the two. And that story of creation at fourth grade is going to be way different than what they learned as a kindergartner. And our teachers that work with them every week, week in and week out, pour into Scripture so they can pour into the kids. God wants you to pour into Scripture so you can pour into fill in the blank. Whoever it is that you're with. Whoever it is that you deal with on a regular basis. God invites us to get into his, to get into his word, to get into the Bible, to get to know him to familiarize ourselves with him. I hesitate to share this last part of the story, but, and it's not to brag on me, but it's what God did. In track, I'm running a mile. God honored me because I tried to honor him. I ran a four minute and 17 second mile. Yeah. At that track meet on that particular day. Never did it again, never did it before then. I bet I did it on that day. I was fifth. Because <laughs> the Dobie was there. Yeah. And my friend from Pasadena, he beat me by one step. But it didn't matter. What did matter was Monday when I went into the coach's office, when he showed me the uh, results from across the state, I could have gone to regionals in any district except that one. <laughs> My time was like would have been number one or number two across the whole state that year. And I said, okay, God, thank you for honoring me and giving me the opportunity to run that fast, but thank you for putting me back in my place, not to let it go to my head. That was a fun experience. I can't explain what that last lap felt like, but I knew God was pushing me on. Didn't know why, didn't know where he was gonna take me, but I understood that the more time I spent with him, the more I understood him. And when we look at scripture, we read it and go, yeah, I just don't know if I get that. Read it again, ask a question. Find somebody that you trust and read it to them and ask them, can you help me understand this? We do this with kids all the time because kids will ask questions. Questions that you go, where in the world did you get that? And there are lots of times where I've gone, that's a great question. I have to get back to you on that because I have no idea on how to answer that question in a way that they're going to understand what they're, what they're wanting to know. And it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. You better get back to him because he'll come back and the next week and go, where's my answer? Right. You got to be there. Jesus is the example that we look towards on how to live life. One of the first stories recorded in Matthew 
is about Jesus being tempted and that he went back to scripture that he had memorized as a little boy. The Jewish culture, they knew the Torah. And he went back and pulled out the scriptures that he needed at the moment the tempter was hitting on him the hardest. Jesus was able to use the verses that he memorized to fight off temptation and to tell Satan to go away. One of the ways that we can be like Jesus to begin to store God's word in our heart. Knowing that God is in every page. Knowing that we can find an answer to whatever situation that we're in. The precept, the principle behind whatever situation we're in can be found in this book. The question I ask the kids a lot is, do you believe Genesis 1-1? In the beginning, God created everything. At art camp, we ask the kids to create something that's never been created before. And so that you could just see their brains just trying to figure out what that thing could be that they could create. And they would come up with some ideas and I'd say, I'm sorry, what are you gonna use to make that? Well, I'm gonna use this and this and this. I said, that's already been created, you can't have that. Something brand new that's never been created. Finally, they got the point. There's nothing new under the sun. God created it all. And did he have a ball? Have you looked at a zebra? Look at a giraffe. He had a great time. I told the kids, he's just showing off. He had a ball at creation. The flowers, the colors. He could have just said, okay, we're all just going to be black and white. That would have been really boring. Or could have all, you know, we could have all looked like Daniel Reclue. Wow. <laughs> he was creative in what he did. And he made us perfect. He made us just the way we are. How do I know that? Psalms 139. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And every one of you, I could set the microphone down at your table and you could go scripture after scripture after scripture that you have used and be the same testimony that Jesus gives us tonight. That we've taken the power of God, the sword, and was able to push Satan away and used it in a situation that he put us in. We can also be, like I said at the very beginning, I didn't use the opportunity when God gave me. I blew it. You know what? He picked me up, dusted me off, and showed me how to, how to move forward. So the challenge tonight, find God's word. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who will take refuge in him. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word is flawless. He is a shield to those who will take refuge in him. When you go out to work tomorrow, go out, go out to the store or wherever you're going tomorrow and you have a flat tire, what are you going to do? I'm not going to go out there and go, thank you, Jesus, I got a flat tire. That's not going to be my first response. But it's going to be one, okay, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to teach me through this? I don't remember praying for patience, so I, I, that, that must not be it. We're going to spend some time in prayer, and I'm going to ask Mike to come up. We're going to pray for Pastor West and his family. Don't know the whole situation. I don't know if anybody's gotten any information from him. So the vitals are good. Baby's kicking. 
they're just trying to keep her off her feet right now. So they're, they're, they've been with the nurse and the doctors right now. So, so just continue to pray for them. Mike. Thanks, Chris. Um, I just wanted to read a couple of verses out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It starts out with, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, um, what we have been doing on Monday night is, in our prayer meeting, is challenging one another to throughout our day, being uh, asking the Holy Spirit to make our hearts sensitive to his leading and to help us to, uh, to look for opportunities that he puts in front of us, just exactly like what Chris was saying, where we can either share the gospel with someone that is um, in our path or that we can pray for people. And what's been interesting is the number of times that we kind of have um, what you might call after action reports. Uh, when we start our prayer meeting, we'll, we'll talk about um, who we got to pray with through the week or who we may have had a chance to share our faith with during the week. And it has been a really uh, sweet time uh, for us to be able to uh, encourage one another and share with one another how God has uh, used us in different opportunities, whether it's with uh, family members or neighbors. Um, and I forget exactly who it was that was sharing this with us, but uh, at one point someone said uh, there was someone that came to do work for them in their yard and they were able to pray with them. Uh, we've had people praying with uh, people, clerks in the stores that are taking, uh, helping them and different things of that nature. But we've been challenging each other to do that on a regular basis. And uh, it has been uh, life-changing for me and I think for many others. So uh, when we are praying tonight, what I was hoping that we could do is just kind of uh, circle around in your table there and pray with the group that's uh, at your table. But let's start out and um, uh, let's uh, take a few minutes praying for Wes and Bethany and Jesse and uh, baby Elliot, and then um, we'll go on from there. So what we'll do is, well, I'll just give everyone a, a few minutes and then uh, praying there at your table. And you can just take turns if you want, or if, if you don't feel comfortable praying out loud, then you can pray silently, and others at your table maybe can, can do that. And uh, if you want to move around, sit with more people or something so that you don't have the whole time to be praying yourself, that's fine, however you want to do that. Um, but I'll lead us out to start, and then I'll just give us some time to uh, pray, and then we'll uh, move on to another thing we can pray about, all right? Father, we are so grateful that you have uh, given us this, uh, this command to pray always, to pray without ceasing. Father, we ask that you would uh, meet with us tonight. We're so grateful for the way that you um, have not left us alone, but you have given us your Holy Spirit to walk through each day with us and to encourage us, to protect us, to guide us, Father, we just ask that you would um, 
be with us now as we uh, continue our time together while we're praying. We ask, Lord, that you would be with uh, Pastor Wes and Bethany. Lord, that you would um, calm their, their concerns and their fears. Lord, that you would uh, help the doctors to be able to figure out what and if they need to do anything for Bethany. Lord, we just ask that you would uh, watch over baby Elliot as he is uh, growing inside of Bethany and becoming a, a uh, strong little boy that will, uh, we know that will grow to honor and glorify you one day. Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with Jessie as she is uh, uh, probably uh, running around and excited and trying to figure out what's going on. We just ask that you would be with all of them, that you'd watch over them and, and keep them safe, Lord. If you would now, uh, let's spend some time praying for uh, all the rest of our staff, the other pastors, Daniel McGinty and Daniel Reclue and, and Matt Downing and, and Chris uh, Gary and, and all of their families. And then as well, the, um, the ladies that, that work in the office, uh, Karen and Debbie and, um, and then all the volunteers that come in there. And then as, as well, our... Uh, our maintenance staff, that's Colin and Rachel and, and Lori and um, Alan. If you would, just pray for all those folks that are serving us uh, throughout the week here. Father, we are so grateful for the, uh, the men and the women that you have uh, brought to our, our church body to uh, serve us, help us, lead us spiritually, and, and uh, 
in so many other ways. Father, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for the dedication, not just of those that uh, are actually um, working here, but their families, because we know that they um, they sacrifice a lot of time that, that they would like to be able to share with their family members that uh, they just don't get to because of the things that they're doing to serve us. So, Father, we're grateful for them, and we uh, ask that you would bless them, encourage them. We know that they have things going on in their families and in their lives just like all of us do. Lord, we ask that you would uh, be in the midst of those times and that you would bless and encourage them. Lord, help us to be a blessing and encouragement to them. Lord, we uh, ask all these things in your name. So now if we could spend some time praying for our uh, grow group leaders, our Sunday school teachers, uh, both for the kids and then all for the, all the adults' uh, classes. Um, those folks are every week uh, coming and you know, they're spending time preparing so that uh, they have something to say that, uh, that they believe the Lord's put on their hearts for, for them to share with you, uh, with all of us in our, in our classrooms on Sunday. So we want to pray for them that God will um, give them wisdom, give them discernment on what he wants to share and uh, uh, what he wants them to share with, with the uh, classes on Sunday morning and uh, bless their families as well, those things. <clears throat> Okay, if we could now, let's spend some time just bringing the, uh, our church finances before the Lord and just um, laying all that out in front of him. We, uh, our our uh, giving is just a little behind the budget. And um, I know we've, there's been a lot of, of people talking with me anyway about what, what might we do to pay off our church debt. And so let's, let's spend some time asking the Lord for for uh, what to do about that and, and the direction to go and that he would uh, provide for us in that.
Father, once again, we want to uh, bring honor and glory to your name. Thank you that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Father, we are in awe of you. Father, we ask that you would um, be with us as we prepare to leave here tonight, that uh, tomorrow and each day we would surrender our lives to the leading of your Holy Spirit so that we would be always ready, always looking for opportunities that you put in front of us to not just give a kind word, but also to pray with someone that tells us about a struggle that they're going through or, or something that they're concerned about. Lord, help us to take the time right then to ask them if we can pray with them and pray for them right then. Lord, help us to follow your leading and help us to look for those opportunities wherever it might be. Lord, we know that you have put us here at this time for a purpose. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to fulfill that purpose as we seek you daily, moment by moment. So that at the end of each day, we can look back and think, oh, Lord, we did spend the whole day talking together. Lord, we ask that you would shape us and mold us after your character. That we would be a light in our community, in our neighborhoods, to the folks next door, in our schools, where we work, where we buy our groceries, whatever we do. When we go to the doctor's office, Lord, we ask that you would help us, that we would be your ambassadors each moment of every day. Lord, we're so grateful that we can get together with your family, our family to encourage one another and to hear from you. Lord, we again ask that you'd be with our Pastor Wes and Bethany as uh, they're uh, right in the middle of uh, trying to figure out what's going on. So we ask again that you would uh, just take care of that, give them peace, give them calm in the midst of that. Lord, we ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. And I think we're done. <laughs>